when you listen to the show, if we are wrong or we don't know what we're talking about, that is perfectly fine. And you can correct us anywhere you want on Twitter, on Instagram, or on Facebook. You can find us at Not A Historian Podcast or at Not Historians. That's fine because we just jump on the internet, go to the library, talk to people, watch some interviews, and do the basic research we can just to show that two average Joes can do it. Exactly. We're not historians. So first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Well, maybe he walked around with jelly beans. That's what it is. Maybe he walked around with jelly I think beans so. I think he, and he was at the crime scene and stuff and be like, nah, see, nah, I got these jelly beans, see, nah. We're just two dudes that came up with an idea and we said we should know more about the everyday world around us, like why are beer bottles the shape they are. In 1930, the Republican-controlled House of Representatives, in an effort to alleviate the effects of the, anyone, anyone, the Great Depression. Get ready to take notes, boys and girls. It's another edition of the Not Historians Podcast, with your hosts, Desmond Dunn and Shalom Agulana. Alright, so, new show. Indeed, new show. Uh, we're going to go into a very tragic, yeah, very <clears throat> disturbing story. I mean, it's incredibly disturbing, but it's also a story that is with merit. You know, because after oh, the yeah. story, a lot of things changed. We are talking in the, of the year 1911. Right. Uh, good year for guns, bad year for shirtwaist factories. Specifically, the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory. Right. Um, I don't know how to tell this story in a other way than running down kind of the timeline of events. Yeah, I don't think there is another way. So I guess we'll just jump right into it. We will jump into it, but I just wanted to preface this. Okay. That um, any humor we have in this is not meant to be disrespectful. Yeah. As always, we, we use it because it's a tool for our understanding. It's part of our nature. And it's the way the show goes. If you haven't figured that out by now, or if you're just tuning in, uh, sorry, we work blue sometimes. Yeah, so that's just the way it is. Yeah, you, know, you you want you want to start the side. You want to start the scene. Paint me a picture here, so, Shalom. It's okay. I'll paint you a picture. Um, we're in New York City, March twenty fifth, or excuse me, March twenty fifth, nineteen eleven. Ooh, about four forty in the evening. Nice. Sun, 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 still up, and then, you know, yeah. good time. At the Ash Building, Washington Place, Greenwich Village, a fire breaks out. Ooh. Yeah. Like a like a bonfire? Or? I mean, but it's not, not quite a bonfire yet. It's just a fire. Like oh, a little, okay. A few embers. Oh, oh okay. So, so let's, talk about, the, let's talk about the place. We're in a clothing factory is where we're at. Okay. Where they're okay. making shirt waist. Shirt waist. Okay. That, that's a thing. Which I didn't know anything about shirt waist. Like, that's an actual thing. I thought they were talking about you waste the waste of shirts, but that's not correct. No, but the waste of shirts did get them in trouble. I mean, we'll, talk, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that. Uh, indeed. So, it's a horrible, horrible fire uh, it that, that breaks out. It's a, it's a small fire that turns into a very quickly, largely, uh, due to conditions. Right. Or, well, the work conditions are horrible. They are. The labor laws are horrible. Management is horrible. Um I think in the end, about 150 people, men and women, either suffocated, jumped, or were burned to their deaths. Yeah, that's that's right. So one thing I want to kind of talk about before we go any further is yeah. um, <clears throat> before this, I mentioned when I was setting the stage that it was in New York City. It was March 25th, 1911, but I didn't touch on the fact that it's a Saturday. It is a Saturday. These folks, when you talk about the working conditions, they're working six days a week, and they're working 12 to 15-hour days, 52 hours a week, and they were getting paid 7 to $15 a week. Is that good money or bad money? I don't know how money works. I feel like that's not good money. It's, it's certainly not good money. I mean, even, even for 1911, it's not good money. Yeah. Back in yeah. 1911, when the men could make the money by watching... Uh, women and children work for 12 hours a day. Right. Women oh, and, okay. and that's another thing you brought up is is the, this was – well, one thing is the factory was made up – the workers of the factory were made up of immigrants and immigrant women and teenage women and younger. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, mean? the, I think the oldest victim was only 43 years old. Right. 
which is insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's crazy to me because a lot of them didn't even speak English. Right. I, I found that out. Like they were my, they were immigrants that had migrated here. And they were working in this factory under these conditions. Yeah. And the problem was that these conditions weren't specifically for them. Now they did prey upon the fact that these women didn't really have a recourse. Right. But it these conditions are indicative of the situation that's going on. Like when you hear about yeah, a sweatshop, this is like barely it's not even a step above. It's like a quarter inch above, a quarter step or something above this. I agree. It's horrible. Um you know, yeah, you're right. And it's it's sad. And it does change I mean, so many things change because of this. This is the good sure. outcome. But could you imagine having that work schedule? I mean, fifty hours a week probably not crazy. Uh, no, not I mean not unusual. Six days a week, you know, not not so bad. But then you find out you're making peanuts. Right. And like that's, two dollars a day is not is a dream. Just just it's terrible. You're taking And the conditions are just like dreadful in the fact that like you're working in a factory that's in a high rise. That's not bad. But then, as we'll find out, things kind of deteriorate from they, there yeah, they do. in a very, very bad way. Like, uh, uh, well, let's 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 start it out. The fire was an ember, you said, right? It was right a, so, so, how does an ember in a factory? Because we think about modern factories, right? We got like yeah. at work, you got fire alarms, fire extinguishers, sprinkler systems. Yeah, but you didn't fire have any escapes, of that stairways, like, and you got fire drills. Three, four times a year, easy, mm-hmm. easy. But you didn't have that here. Uh, so what happened is, and this is the this is alleged. We there's no uh, actual proof on this. In fact, well, they did they did they did a big investigation, right? Well, they like, did. They, at first, they thought it was it was arson, but they ruled well, that out. Well, there's a, there's good reason for thinking there's, it's arson. But there well, absolutely good reason. Uh-huh. For that. Um, but they ruled that out. But the story, the narrative that is presented to the public that we we believe to be true, correct, is the. So one of the workers was on a cigarette break, was smoking, and I guess asked her cigarette out in one of the bins. Okay, so at the time they had chained the doors to stop people from going on smoke breaks, right? Well, on this, on no. This. So, so there's discussion about that. I saw that, but also the reason that the doors were chained, another reason is to keep union workers out. Because they wanted to form a union. There was a union strike right. no, no. a year prior. But what I'm saying is they would normally go out in this area and steep, break cigarettes. Right. You know, they, they would do the old, I got to throw the trash, go up behind the dumpster thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's true. So they were doing this with the stairwells and things. Right. Because you know, they're on the 8th, 9th, and 10th, and 10th floor, floor right. which is the top of the building. Mm-hmm. And so they would sneak these cigarettes like out in this hallway in the, in the stairwell. Well, with the doors being chained. They can't, can't go. So they're sneaking them inside the factory, which happens to be a shirtwaist factory, which means there's machinery, which has to be oiled. And there's a lot of clothing and clothing scraps yeah. that happen to be there. And the scraps caught on fire. That's right. They had a big bin mm-hmm. where they kept all the scraps. And normally they only had a few weeks of scraps. But the report said, I think, somewhere between two and six months worth of scraps. Worth scraps, scraps. right. So just imagine old-timey uh, flammable fabric. Yeah. Ooh. You know, and I, my question is, I know that like now the police are coming, but they're not for us. So don't worry about that. Guy. Uh, that back in the day, you know, th- they didn't have the laws like they do with like, the, you know, this this product is known to the state of California to contain products that may cause, cause cancer, cancer, birth yeah. defects. OK, they didn't have that. No. But I'm just wondering, like, if fabrics is flammable, was that like a selling point? Do you think they had? No, 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 no. The, like, like they're like, don't worry, gals. If you're ever in a fire, your shirt will blaze off of you in seconds and never be like, is that, is that how you sell that? No, that's, I, because they have to know, like somebody has been poking oh. around in the fireplace and like an ember glows up and all of a sudden it's like oh. boobies. Like oh. it just burns like cellulose. Like I have no idea how to respond to that. Well, I'm just asking like, how do you pitch, how do you pitch a garment made from fabric? It's pretty much uh, a, a sparkler for your body that you wrap around you. I mean, you don't. So do you, they just not mention it? That's exactly. They're what like, happened. don't don't like. She's standing close. She's like, oh, look at the pretty fireworks. And they're like, oh, no, no, come over here. We're not we're not doing that today. Exactly. I think that's kind of how that happened. Wow. So like in in the nineteen tens, people could not be around open flames at all. Probably not because their clothes would just they just be naked. It's like, oh, but I feel like that's not how fire works. Apparently it is because it's a scrap bin. 
in the corner of the eighth floor, just 500 people, right? 500 people yeah. or so. We don't know how many. Three to 500. I've heard all kinds. Of, I'm going with 500 because that, that makes me feel better about the numbers because it means more people escaped. That's fair. Uh, so we don't know. Admitted. Admitted. Uh, just goes up in smoke. Right. And smolders, yeah. I guess, a little bit. And then just like goes. Bursts into flames. Bursts into flames like the human torch. Right. Damn. Uh, now, a passerby at this time did see smoke starting to come out of the window of the eighth floor only. Yeah. And I guess they stopped and they were like, well, somebody's having a toke. I don't know what you say to that. Like, why are you immediately not like, get the police? Well, I think you did. Because, oh, okay. Because the, the building itself had a, the factory itself had a no smoking policy. Which is smart, given that their clothes are, are again, right. made of firecrackers. <laughs> That's accurate. Um... Like, what their laundry detergent was, like, fire starter. Like, I, I mean, I guess. Oh, I don't that's know. So, that's so bad. You clean your clothing, gasoline, ladies, it'll help get the stains out. And then just one torch. Say one errant cigarette. It's just all over. And that's all it took. Um, now, the managers on the floor, despite being assholes, yeah. did uh, attempt to do something. And one of them. Uh, one of the brave souls, this, this, this gentleman apparently did care. And maybe just about himself. Grabbed the fire hose because they didn't have extinguishers back then, I guess. They had fire hoses like you see right. in some buildings, hospitals and such. And grabbed the fire hose and he went to pull it. And he found out that the hose had rotted through. Oh. And the valve was rusted shut. Oh. <laughs> so he could not... Yeah. He could not turn on the hose to stop the fire at this point. When it's just in this bin. Right. Now, I don't know how big this bin is, but I'm imagining if you have a factory that takes up multiple floors and you have people cutting these things, there's a lot of scrap. Yeah, I, I would imagine so. So, at least one of those rail cars from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom full of just highly flammable, stupid-ass material. Materials. Yes. Uh, um. Yeah. I mean, it's disturbing. Well, you know, it, it it's horrible because they realized it and they had time to phone up. To the other floors and say, we got a fire. Right. But the only two paths from the flames were two freight a two freight elevators, the fire escape, and two stairways. That was that was the ways that you could get out from where they were up on the eighth, ninth, and tenth. Okay. You could take the fire escape, and you could take two freight elevators or the two stairways. Mm -hmm. But one stairwell was blocked by fire. Ah. The other was the one that they locked. They made them come in one because they didn't want people stealing, so they search them. Yeah. They're keeping out the union workers, and they were trying to limit these off-hour breaks that the people were taking. Uh, Man. Yeah. Well, the owners had ordered it locked, so... Yeah. Uh, luckily, there was a guy with a key. Even luckier for him, he was one of the first out the other door when the fire broke out. Oh, so he didn't even stay to un unlock the other side? No, he thought people would go out the doors. And this is one of these buildings where um, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit more in depth. But the doors open from the inside, right? Or in they open, open inward. Inside. Yeah, inward. Which is a huge problem. Is a huge problem. Yeah. Uh, when you're trying to run away from a fire in a sea full of people. Well, um, now, several people did make it to the roof. They took the stairs and went to the roof, which I guess is smart. I wouldn't have done that. Well, I mean, it makes sense because these are... I don't know how much you know about New York, but... New York in, in the 19, 1910s, you know, 1911 in particular, you had buildings that were close together. New York is not a very No, no, no. Place. I'm, I'm just thinking if the flames rise higher, as Johnny Cash just told us, yeah. then the roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. Oh, well, then. As we've also been told. So, uh, right. But I mean, at, at the point in time, so the, at the point in time that I, I envisioned them leaving this, this building to head to the roof, they have time to get to the roof. Get to uh, get assistance. So you're saying that their, their that their idea is to get to the roof, and hopefully this is a brick building. I I'm assuming it is. It yeah. looked like in the photos. I don't know what the interior structure. And then Ninja Turtle their way over to another building. Well, I don't know if they had to do Ninja Turtle work because at this point in time, you know, uh, passersby are starting to see what's happening, and then people in the other building are starting to see, hey, there's a fire. So they could just get help from people who are on the other building. Well, I'm saying right, they they have to jump between the buildings. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So I, guess, I guess that would be Ninja Turtle. Issue. Yes. That's exactly mm -hmm. why it was. Shout out to Leonardo, Michelangelo, mm -hmm. and Donatello, and even that guy, Raphael. Okay. I was like, you know, my man, Casey Jones, though. 
He would have been there. He would have helped. He would have put out the fire. I'm sorry. He, he sure would have. Um, so, yeah, they're able to take the stairs to get to the roof. But before more people can get up there, after there only so many make it to the roof. A good amount, but not, I mean, three floors of factory workers making overtime, trying to. Yeah. They're wearing, um, stairs kind of start to warp and give way under the heat. Um. Now, some of them are able to cram themselves into the elevators to escape. Uh-huh. We'll talk about that and the fact that the other ones use the single fire escape that they had. Yeah. They have a fire escape and they have these elevators. People do escape on the elevators. Well, also on the fire escape as well. Oh, um, but that, I mean, uh, when I say escape, get out alive. No, no, no. Uh, okay, so. We'll, we'll get to it. Let's get to it. We'll, okay. we'll, let's run down the timeline because right. it's just horrible. Like, this is a. Imagine if the Three Stooges were serial arsonists. Like, that's how this event plays out. Like, uh, your analogies sometimes kill me. But, well, in this case, they really would have because. Oh. Look, Too I'm just soon. saying, you could not, you could not be design a more inept fire avoidance program. I mean, no, they, there was they, no fire avoidance here. They were like, let's let's make let's make this big. You know what? Why don't they were like, we could just fill it with uh with wood chips and gasoline. And they were like, no, 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 that's not highly flammable enough. Just bring in six months worth of material and throw it in this bin, and we'll light <laughs> that on fire. Yeah. And then they were like, ladies, we know you're all addicted to the nicotine because you're working, you know, 16-hour shifts, and it's a Saturday, and it's almost closing time. Yeah. And it's 1910, so everybody has the black lung. Let's all just smoke it up. Like, and imagine this. You you work in an office. I work in an office. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have an open layout in your office, or do you, I mean, in your, no, in your floor? Layout. Okay, you got an open layout. You could tell if somebody was smoking, right? Yep. So imagine what this factory must have been. It must have been like a true factory to not be able to notice cigarette smoke. I mean, I know people are like, oh, I'll breathe it through this, whatever. There's more than one chick sneaking a cigarette. Right. It it had the conditions just have to be bad enough that you can hide cigarette smoke in it. That's that's rough. And that's a really good point. I didn't consider I, that. I'm just I'm just saying, so there's that in the so there's people smoking in here. They, one set of doors is chained. Right. The other doors open inward. Yeah. You're on the top of this 10 floor, 8 floors. You got one rickety fire escape. And I mean rickety. Yeah. And then you got two freight elevators. And and so the elevators were working fine, but you're cramming people in there. More people in the elevator can handle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because actually they're supposed to have, what is it, three sets of stairs at the time. I mean, there were safety right. regulators. You're supposed to have three sets of stairs for people. But... The owners of the building had made a compromise with New York and said, well, we'll put in a fire escape because that's really the reason we have the third set of stairs. So we'll put on one of these newfangled fire escapes on the outside of the building and everyone can climb out and get down on it. Yeah. And they said, yeah, that works. And then they had the uh, the two freight elevators. Right. And that, yeah. So... The at this point in time, now it's it's important to mention that this whole process was only about thirty minutes long. Oh, he, yeah. I mean, thirty minutes. We're talking from begin to very end. To very end. The right. fire itself, from the point of when it's like going to when it's done, is the fifteen twenty minutes. Yeah. Uh, but people get on this rickety ass fire escape, right? Yeah. So people get on the fire escape and some make it down. Okay. And do you know all. how many, do you know how many um, made it down? You know, I think it was around 20 people that made it down. Uh, and, and I'm, uh, don't quote me on that, but I think it was about 20 people who made it down, which is an unlucky number. I'd say because about 20 people were on it when this motherfucker came crashing down. Yeah. Falling like a hundred feet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So imagine being on the fire escape, like I'm getting away. And then all of a sudden it just starts quaking. Yeah. And, just falls out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a, I mean, that's horrible. But yeah. that's actually probably one of the least horrible things about what we're about to get to. I mean, being on the fire escape and falling, I mean, it's a, I would never want to go that way. Uh, I wouldn't either. But if it's A, B, C, D out of the rest of the options, I'm, I'm probably circling it. 
Uh, well, because um, I'm in the cave. I'm in. I'm at least in. I can grab on at least something and be like, maybe it'll protect me. Yeah. And then end up like Two Face and Batman with all them jagged parts because it's just going to be bad, bro. Now, the elevator operators are some of the true heroes in this story. I want to point that out. But the guy that ran to get the hose, the manager that tried to get the hose, the manager that yeah. called up, and these elevator operators, they do their best. They make three or four runs up and down this building, cramming as many people as they can. Yeah. But the car is only going to hold about a dozen people. Well, they're throwing 30 people in these elevators. Yeah, it's only made to hold a dozen people. So right. they're pushing them to the limits. But then they start to warp under the heat mm. and under the weight. Yeah. And soon the elevators are stuck. Right. And they can't go back up to get people. And so people are trying to escape. And this fire escape has fallen off the building, crashed below. You can't even try to take it down. And, like, jump from, oh, why? Well, I'm not going to jump from the eighth story, but maybe from the sixth. That's not even an option anymore, guys. Right. People start jumping down the elevator shaft. The, the elevator shaft, right. And the people in the elevators are like, what's going on? And then they realize the blood's coming in. People are jumping down the elevator shaft, hoping that they'll make it, trying to slide down. They don't uh, make it. Oh. And then they complete the elevators. They're trying to get them moving, but they're warping. They got too many people in them. And then they they completely overload when you add the weight of the people, people on top. top. Hmm. Um, but like you said, the uh, passerby did sound the alarm, did right. go to the fire alarm, sound it, which is fucking ridiculous. The alarms are on the outside of the buildings at this time. Yeah, I mean, so that so listeners, what we're talking about when they when we say the passerby sounds the alarm, we're talking about the the passerby realizes there's smoke, realizes what's going on, uh, to his best that he can. And he goes to the outside of the building and hits the alarm to start the fire alarm. So there's yeah. outside of the building. Well, it's made so that they'll come. It's like a watchman in the old days. You know, like yeah. back in the day, you'd have policemen. But policemen were only so far. And then back with oil lamps, like you couldn't see anything right. in the dark. Like Jack the Ripper gets away because of this a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have watchmen. And what you would do is like if you stumbled on a crime, you would call for the watchman. The watchman would, you know, be somebody that the community picked, they trusted. And he would be like, hey, uh, you can break into this guy's window and go in there and wait for the police. And then he would be the guy that, you know, explained the details to him and stuff. Yeah. Or he would chase off. And tr- you know, he's the guy that everyone trusts to act right. And he would get cops involved if cops need to be involved. So this is a step up from that. You don't have to run and get the guy. Now you can just hit a button and he'll scream. Yeah, it just seems woefully inefficient. It. it it is. I mean, not that our systems now are so much revolved. Uh, I mean, now you you hit a button inside the building and it sends an alert to the firemen. But, I mean, this is a step up from what I'm saying. At the time, this is probably pretty pretty Same high road. tech. Yeah. Um, but there's a problem when the firefighters arrive. Oh, yeah. What's that problem? Their ladders and hoses only reach the seventh floor. Oh. Yeah. Uh, that just boggles my mind. Uh, well, but I mean, how could you have buildings in your That's city? That's what I'm wondering. Is how does the, like, is it, I don't know what the fire brigade status thing is at the time, mm-hmm. but I can't imagine the city allowing, having an ordinance that allows buildings to be built higher than. Than ladders can reach. Than their, than their fire engines can take care of. And I don't know if it was a water pressure issue or a malfunction or they had to bring it from somewhere else or what. But the fact is, when the guys get there, they can't they can't fight this fire. Right. Imagine being one of those people right now. Like this is where my head is. You're in there. You see. You look over and you're like, "Is that bitch Betty smoking?" Oh oh. And you're like, "Oh god." Run to the elevator and you're like. Try to open the or run to the stairwell and you're like, oh, I got the locked one. Where's the guy with the key? See him up the other stairs. You run over there. People are pushing against the door and you're like, oh, I can't get out. Go to the stairwell. You're, you're waiting at the window and they're like, hold on, hold on. We're going, we're going. And then you just see it rock and crash down. 20 people just splat. Yeah. And you're like, we got we got to get to the stairs. So you fight your way across this inferno through, this, through the smoke, through the people rushing at you thinking that there's still a way out over here. And then you look down there and you see three, four people already jumped down this thing. That's And then you're like, where am I going to go? And all of a sudden people start screaming that the firefighters are here. And you're yeah. like, oh, thank God. Right. And then they run up and they throw their ladders up and they bring the hose. 
And then they start spraying it, and you look down, and you see the water is nowhere near you. Holy shit. Yeah. Like, that's... Yeah. Well, I mean, it gets worse, man. Oh, it does. That's what I'm saying. Like, option A of crashing on the fire escape is not the worst thing that can happen to you in this, in this at all. Well, because, I mean, you touched on a couple of things beforehand. The doors open from the like from the inside, yeah. Or they open in towards the inside, and so you got people running against these doors, banging on them, trying to open, unlock them. But you, even if they were able to unlock them, you've got all this force, this pressure, these bodies of people trampling each other trying to get to the door. Well, that's why people die from trampling, and you're they're not able to open. You can't pull the door inward because people are pushing you from behind. Everyone right. behind you is pushing you against the door, mm-hmm. and no one can think. The fire makes a noise. Fire makes a noise. Yeah, especially a fire like that. Plus the screaming, plus the groaning of the building. Plus you got smoke all over you. Oh yeah. It, <sighs> so there's no, there's no, there's no, uh, oh, no rescue. People start yeah. milling around the building and gathers a crowd of people. Of course, I mean it's every alarm. I don't know how many alarm. Are there five alarm? Six alarm fire going on here. Yeah. People start jumping from the window, which is uh, just horrible. It reminds me of. Of the Hindenburg, and it also reminds me of the uh, some World War Two era stuff where they tell you when pl- the planes were about to go down and stuff. People tell you don't don't jump from there. In fact, during the pilot training of the time, they would tell you if your plane is shot down, don't jump. You know, you're more likely to, to survive the crash than you are if you jump from the planes. But people still would jump from the planes. You know, I mean, I don't know if you remember, but I remember. And I don't like to bring this up a lot, but we. In nine eleven, falling men and watching people jump from the building to get away from the fires because they couldn't get down anymore. And I mean, just thinking about that and realizing that you're seeing this up close and personal, like they're doing that. Um, Twenty 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 minutes is about what it takes for us to start for the fire to start to come finish out when it does. I mean, it just guts the fucking building. Well, yeah. I mean the the top floors. I don't. I guess because they could get to the other floor, not so bad. I don't. How the hell you phrase that? Yeah, I don't know either. Um, Man, but yeah. So the point, the point. Another point to kind of make this resonate with the listeners is the fire was actually going towards people. People didn't have an option to run back. Like there were people who ran back into the building. Oh yeah, only to burn, and you could hear them scream. You know, you can say you can hear a couple. There's an account where they said goodbye, 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 a young girl, and that was the end of her. But then the people would look back, and they're already staged at these windows, and they're thinking, okay, let me jump to this firefighter nets because they have the nets back in the we'll, day. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about because there's there's a horrible story with that. Yeah. Well, because with the old timey nets, you know, like I used to watch old cartoons, and I see them come out with the yeah. net, the fireman net, yeah, the trampoline, the, oh, okay, the trampoline thing, thing yeah. yeah. And uh, they, they do bring those out. Mm-hmm. They do not work. Uh, well, they do work, but they don't work in this instance, and we'll talk about it. Um, so 20 minutes after the, the bin goes up, yeah, 49 people have either been smoke-intolated to death or burnt. Yeah. 36 had dumped it, jumped to their deaths in the elevator shaft. Oh, man. 62 jumped out of the building. Golly. 19 were inside against the locked doors. Man. 25 more huddled together in a cloakroom, probably waiting for the firefighters to come get them. Oh, man. Most of them, as we said, were young women, didn't speak English, had worked 12 hour days yeah. for most of the week. And Saturday was the sixth day of their work week. So they were about to get off at five. Mm-hmm. That's insane. I mean, that's, yeah. You, you hit um, the head. Now, the owners, uh, Blunk and Harris, were charged with manslaughter. As they should have been. But they were found not guilty. Which is absolutely asinine. They were found liable in a civil suit and forced to pay $75 per victim for wrongful death. Okay. Yeah, let's have to do something. The insurance that they collected would amount to $400 per death. That's that's terrible. So they technically made $325 for every dead woman. And man, man. Yeah, technically wow. child, I'm going to say, because a lot of these were 
very young women. That really disturbs me. Um, well, if there was any good thing that came out of it. Well, so before we talk about that, I want to talk about this. You know, I think that if you, the listeners, are as outraged as I was when I heard that these these uh, owners of the building, keep in mind these are the same owners who wanted the doors chained, that they were they got off or they were found not guilty. Uh, I did a little bit of research, a little bit more research on the trial, and the reason why they were found not guilty of of the man the manslaughter charges is because at the time there were no laws that pointed towards this that would convict no them. one thought you this is one of those things like we have we have laws against bestiality right. because we never thought we were going to have to tell somebody not to do that right and this fits that mold that's exactly you know, what this you're, is it's you're like absolutely right. this is on the same level these guys are technically goat fuckers it's like we didn't think we'd have to tell you not to you know not to lock your people in the building yeah. And then, you know, have a rickety-ass fire escape that will die. Right. It's it's just... It's, because it in best-case scenario, best-case scenario, I didn't know that anyone made down the fire escape. Take your word for it. 20 people. Yeah, they made it. I heard 20 people die. So, best-case scenario, your your fire escape is useless. Yeah, well, yeah. Absolutely. Worst-case scenario, and the 20 you read was a 20 that died. It actually was worse. Yeah, I mean, I, I, some people made it uh, on the fire No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Worst-case scenario, like... Right. It's 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 already a really rough situation. It's already, I mean, the least you How can do. How did these guys get not get shot? I, you know, I don't know, but especially after the civil suit and them getting collecting insurance money, what did they do with this insurance money? I didn't see them do anything. Well, they went and restarted the business, probably, or well, took pocketed. They, yeah, they did something like that. But I, I know I one of them, them did at least. Yeah, and I didn't see anything done. To with the money that to support the victims by they gave him seventy five dollars from the, from the civil suit. Well, I mean that's it. Yeah, that's what they did. That's what that's that's what, that's they're what they were ordered to do. Sure, that's that's what you get. You get a used. Uh, I mean, I get it's a business, but at the same time, you're talking about people's lives. They used uh, what two DS? That's what that's what that's apparently what what they they thought they were worth. It's hmm. horrible. Like yeah. I I can't even imagine. Man, it just pisses me off. Like, I wanted to, if I could time travel right now, I'd time travel back and punch both these dudes. Like, so, so fucking hard. If I could time travel, I'd time travel back and change this event from happening. Well, unchanged, although, but I'd still punch although, them. Although, if you think about it, if you go back and you interfere with this, what laws would change? What, you see, so this is an interesting philosophical okay, question. Okay, so, so here's the deal. Could you not you, you, time travel, right? All right. Let's say you lose time travel, you can go back moment to moment. Do 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 jump around. Right. Get a bunch of other bodies, already dead people, that needed to die for whatever other reason. Put them in there, fake it out, take these ladies, let them live somewhere on the English countryside, teleport them out there, then still punch these dicks in the, in the fucking throat. I mean, I agree. These guys need to have. They needed to have had more bolt cutter right, right upside the head. I mean, I'd have been okay with that too. Somebody needed to take them out, but. I just can't believe one of these husbands or brothers or sons or somebody didn't, didn't do it. Didn't just walk up to him and, you know, six simple tyrannus. Right. I would have. Not even going to lie. Uh, so if you ever think of locking my mom in a building. There you go. Please think of that first. Yes. Well, think of her first, but think think, think that I will shoot you. Fair um, point. But you, you raise an interesting point because of this horrible event. Yeah. So many committees, policies, laws, yeah. everything just come into being because people, again, never thought you were going to have to tell people not to do this. Right. About 60 or excuse me, 36 new laws came from the, the fire. Some were child labor laws and then some were safety reform laws. I know that the Sullivan Huey fire prevention law yeah. was passed just months later. I mean, right. They were like, yeah, we get we got to get we got to get on this. Uh Hopefully, they pass a law about clearing out your goddamn scrap bin because that's literally the start of this. Right. Um, smoke breaks probably became more of an okay idea because of this. If you've ever had a coworker or an employee that's like, I need smoke break, and you're like, that's not a real thing. Don't do it. Think of the story. And give them three or five minutes. And just go with it. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't want them in the bathroom. And then the TP goes up. And the next thing you know, you find out whether or not your fire escape works. Right. I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not supporting it. I'm just. I'm pointing out. 
this story might be relevant in your life someday. So one thing that we you mentioned earlier on this too is that it was four forty four forty five or so in the afternoon. Yeah, fifteen minutes before the end of the shift. Yeah, which means that lady had to have a hell of a habit because she didn't wait fifteen minutes. A uh, true point. But I'm just I'm not her fault. Not her fault. I mean, a right. little bit her fault, but not her fault for all of this. No, because absolutely not. I don't care if a lightning bolt hit it. You should have been able to get, get out away, of the building. Get out of the building. I agree. Um, the owners were actually in the building that day. Did you know this? I did not. They had their kids there. That's ridiculous. They'd also uh, been already suspected of arson once before. I did know that. Yep. They they were actually among those that made it to the roof and survived. That's that's egregious. And then Blanc actually had another factory. I don't know what it did. But no. I know this. Two years later, he was fined $20. You know what for? No, what? Locking the doors. Imagine that. Literally learned jack shit. That's why that guy needs to be shot. I, I agree with you on that one. I don't know how he died, but I'm hoping it was something horrible like ass cancer. I would second that. Um, now, listeners, if, if you're just thinking that like people should have done more to try and get out, one, you're a horrible person because you you talk all the shit you want about, oh, if it was me, I would have. Yeah. The stairs themselves, if you could get to them, were only usable for about three minutes after the right. first sighting of fire. And like, that's how hot this, this, like, this material is horrible material. I hope none, it doesn't exist anymore. Right. So if you have any vintage grandma's clothing, just stay away from flames. That's all I'm going to say. True statement. Don't even go out on a hot day. Only wear it in the winter. I just don't want anybody bursting into flames. Yeah. Fucking incubus. You know? Yeah. Spontaneous combustion. Whoa, was me. <laughs> there you go. We almost made it through without singing. <laughs> almost. Almost. Uh, the fire the fire department did have those old-timey uh, Ringling Brothers nests that you were talking about. Yeah, okay. They brought one out. People saw it and said, oh, great. Yeah. Unfortunately, three women decided to jump into it at the same time. Oh, man. Ripped right through it. Uh, yeah. And now I just feel bad for the firefighters. I felt bad for the firefighters when they when they were trying to fight the fire and then get yeah. in there in time. I mean, that's a that's a good time for today yeah. in New York. Like, imagine being able to get there that fast then, because I think they were there in like five to eight minutes. Yeah, something like that. I mean, pretty quick. In 1911. Right. And then you're like, the hoses of the fire were get the net, get the net. And the next thing you know. So the uh, so there's a reporter in the New York Times that described this because he was there across the street watching this, which I can't imagine what this was like other than the description that he gave. He said you heard he thought that there was some clothing just being thrown, some heavy clothing being thrown out the window. And hit the ground. But when he noticed it hit the ground, it had a thud that was a greater thud or then rather a louder thud than it would be for clothing. So as he got closer, he realized it was people. And he described it as thud. And then you see blood. Thud. Blood. And it was like people were coming down from the sky like rain is the way he described it. And it was a horrible sight. To behold is what he's the way he described it. Um, it, it was. I mean, think and I can't imagine what he was going through with that. I, I just couldn't. There, this is maybe one of the most gruesome parts. Yeah. Right there with being in the elevator and hearing, the, realizing that it's not the building; it's people falling yeah. on you, and then seeing blood come through. Um, the number of jumpers from the building inhibited the firefighters. They couldn't get close to the building because right. they were afraid of getting hit by people. They couldn't get their hoses working properly because people would land on the, on the hoses. hoses. Yeah. That's... I mean, just the boy. firefighters that day, man, that's got to be one of the events. They're like, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, because here's the thing. I mean, this is this is where it gets morbid, right? Macabre is... You have to take this back and use it as training for the next day. Right. So the firefighters have to go back and go, we need fucking taller ladders. We need stronger hoses. We need more men. Yeah. We need... Something, you know, and at the same time, they have to develop, they have to figure out how do we develop techniques to get our hoses and ourselves working when there's dead bodies falling up. 
What happens if you have if you have five people in your house? How do how do you still maneuver? And, good question. I mean, but think about it. That means that today those houses are probably equipped to do that because of things like this. Like this, it's a good. Point. That's I mean that that that's the everyday history I'm talking about. Like you don't think the fire hose probably has like a horrible history other than arson and fire and wanting. No, but you no. think about like there's a good chance fire hoses are designed to work with dead bodies laying on. That's uh, because of things like this. Because jerks like Harrison Blanc wanted to make a die. And that's just sick. <laughs> I mean, that's really sick. It, it is. I mean, um, if you've ever heard of the American Society of Safety Engineers. I have. It's the oldest safety, uh, professional safety organization in the U.S. And we have them to think for a lot of things mm-hmm. that we see every day. Um, it was founded in response to this. So huh. there are some good things that come out of a horrible event. Sure. As there should be always. But the Triangle Shirt Waste Factory Fire is one of the most forgotten parts of mis- um, of American history, I think. Mm. And it shouldn't be. It really shouldn't. Because these things are why buildings have different safety measures today it's why fire departments are different today it's why we're all alive today because uh conditions were horrible oh yeah and there was no kind of real forethought into safety beyond like i met the minor measures have a rickety fire escape instead of a third star stairwell and i get to chain my doors no. So, you know, guys, if you're at work and you ever see one of those doors that says, you know, fire exit, do not block. Yeah. Maybe don't block it. Maybe don't block it. Maybe don't block it. So, and, that, and that's a good point to bring up now, man, is because the people typically, so New York, I, I am not a fan of New York as far as, you know, the the, the uh, New Yorkness of the New, New York. Yorkness of New York. I mean, there are a lot of folks who, who I've encountered in New York while in New York who have been not so kind. But then... There are people who I've encountered who have been super nice and super uh, welcoming, and I'm, I'm appreciative of that. But all in all, I don't think I would survive in New York professionally. I just don't think I could live there. But the point I want to make is the people rallied behind this event and demanded a change. The people, people who oh, yeah. are bystanders. At this point in time at the, at the fire, you've got hundreds of people seeing this happen. And with nothing to do that they can do to help, and so they're pissed off at the at the police. They're pissed off at the at the uh, the legislature. Slature. They're pissed off at the fact that this is even something like this could happen. So they're pushing the police barricades to try to figure out what's going on and uh, what they can do to help. They can't do much to help. The police are trying to keep them safe, but at this point in time, they demand answers and they demand solutions to problems, and that's why we see. Well, these I mean, but you, you think about it. How many of them do you think, how many of these factories do you think were probably in New York? That's a good in question. In the U.S. And you think that some of the people probably walking by were like, holy shit, I work in a place like that. Or right. I used to work there or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about that area yeah. during that time period. Yeah, that's a but, very good point. I mean, just imagine looking at the building and not knowing what's going on and then seeing the fire escape, seeing the hoses and stuff and think. Tomorrow, you get to go to work on the ninth floor of your building. Yeah. And you don't know that it's caused by a cigarette and a waste bin that was over full with doors. But you still have to go to work with that in your mind that tomorrow, fire breaks out, you may be totally screwed. Exactly. And, and, you know, this one, the thing that that kind of resonates with me in addition to this, and I think we touched on it earlier, is there was a strike. A year prior, where the workers demanded safer working conditions and and more sanitary work conditions, and they basically were told to fuck off. No, that's exactly what happened. Is like these. It. I highly recommend that everyone go check out the history and the story of the Triangle Shirtwaist Fire, because the more you dive into it, the more you will understand the mentality that caused it. Yeah. And you will understand the plight of the people that suffered. Because these women weren't just like, yeah, dollars to dollars. They were fighting for their rights before this ever happened. Mm-hmm. They got shit on. They did. And then not only did it bite them in the ass, 
the people that that should have been in trouble for it that had turned down the request got off scot free. Really, nothing happened. To I mean, right? Yeah, twenty dollars fine. Two years later, and and some insurance money they had to pay, and got insurance money on top on of top. it. They paid out, but didn't cost them as much as they got. No, and. Another thing here is, you know, I, I strongly believe that funerals are for the living. Their yeah, funerals are def- celebrations for the living definitely. and a way to pay respect to to those who have passed, and for us to kind of have our final goodbyes for those folks who have passed. It's important to be able to identify bodies, so they had they had an identification, oh, a body identification. I, I left the guys. This was so morbid. I left it out. So yeah. please go ahead. So it took three days for them to identify all the bodies. And so let me go ahead and kind of echo that or add to that. Yeah, explain three. explain why why this was. Why, it wasn't just the condition of no, the bodies. No, it wasn't just the condition of the bodies or the places of the bodies. It, they had they had a new this hadn't happened before. So they went to this pier in New York and they lined the bodies up. They lined them in caskets. And so what they did was they had the op- the option for or the opportunity for family members to come and identify the bodies. I don't know how many of you have been around, you know, bodies, dead bodies or rotting flesh or anything like that. But after, if there's no embalming done, uh, my understanding is the embalming is the process is done to, to preserve the body. So at this point in time, you've got charred remains that people are, are looking at. Oh, not just charred. Not just charred remains, you know, but smashed remains, mm-hmm. blood, um, Affixia- I mean, there's people that are just asphyxiated. Right. There are people that are completely burned. Completely burned. And there are people that have hit the sidewalk right. from 10 floors up. And and you're trying to identify these these bodies. And, and they didn't. They weren't used to these numbers, like you said. No, this was they not something that they dealt with. This was a massive... Mm-hmm. Um, now, if anyone ever wants to know more, I actually was trained to be part of a DMORT team, which is the FEMA response for mass casualties, hmm. where you go in in a mass casualty event. And uh, it's just, it's rough, man. I mean, it's definitely rough. So the the identification of the bodies took three days. And there were approximately seven bodies that were too badly burned or or uh, mangled. mangled to be identified. To me, that's just, that's fucking horrendous. $75. $75. Exactly. That's what that's worth. $75. That's that's fucking egregious to me. It is. I mean, you think about it, but I mean, is it is it that much different today? I don't know. I don't. I haven't. I didn't look at modern cases, so I'm not. Well, I don't know. I don't know as far as from an insurance perspective if the insurance treats it more uh, better now than it did then. But I know that in airlines and whatnot, they tell you they want you to grip your pillows or something if the plane's going to crash. Right. No. What I mean is is because the point there is because it's cheaper to pay out. A death claim than it is for right. No, I, I get that, but yeah. I, I'm just if if this were to happen today, yeah. Which things like this do happen. I mean, we had uh, concerts where the doors, won't, you know, fire started, mm-hmm. pyrotechnics go off, can't get out the doors, people burn to death. Yeah. Hundreds. Do, is it treated any different? I'd like to really know. Like I know we have all these safety measures and we have all these concerns and we have all these laws. Yeah. But how are they actually being executed? What kind know. of punishments are there for people? I mean, $20 fine for locking the doors. Has that just increased with inflation since then? I mean, I'd say maybe. I'd say because at it, least. Because it, it just, it would really bug me. I mean, like, luckily where I work is a state institution. Yeah. And we have to abide all the state laws and we have very good, they test our fire lines like constantly. We have fire drills. We have multiple. We have fire magnetic fire doors. Yeah. Like I'm lucky in that regard, but I always wonder. Like when I worked other places, there were a lot less safety measures. Some of true point, and I've always wondered about that. Um, so, also, guys, if you work somewhere and you think that something's a hazard, bring it to somebody's attention. You know, OSHA's a thing. Yeah. Um, just saying. That's fair. But. That concludes the end of today's uh, episode. I was going to say lesson for some reason. I don't know why. Um, did want to mention something that Shalom and I have just discussed, which is we may start ending some episodes with reviews of different types. Because in researching, 
uh, the different shows and topics for future shows, we come across a lot of things, whether they be documentaries or books, books or websites or just all kinds of reference material or historical documents. I, I don't know oh, yeah. what you reference material is what we call them because we reference them. Um, Actually, went to Barnes and Noble last night and picked up a bunch of books, which we don't usually try to use for the show. I read them to get a better understanding, but I try to find the source material for them because we want the show to be as much open source, everyday, available to everyone material as we can. But we may start including some reviews of the material we use, um, book reviews, video reviews, documentary reviews, show reviews of what what did, did we gain anything from it? Was it entertaining? All of that stuff. But also... What did our research bear out afterwards? Was it correct? Was yeah. it a valuable institute? Because sometimes uh, you may be way more interested and you can read one book. Uh, the book I'm reading right now is actually called The Invention of Murder. And it's about how the Victorians reveled in death and detection and created modern crime. And it's by Judith Flanders. Uh Pretty good so far, but I have to say that I started reading it last night and immediately fell asleep on page five. So oh. I'm not ready to give a full review of that. <laughs> I also have a bunch of uh, pirate books and the secret history of the world. Yeah, or Métis. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's a possibility, very strongly, that um, in a few seasons, we may have pirates around here. I mean, maybe. Why not? Uh, where Samurai is happening next Next season. Yes. So I'll I'll be having to learn a lot about that. And I'm sure Shalom will have a lot of reference and videos and things you can watch. Absolutely. Uh, the only thing I can recommend on that right right away, off the bat, completely wonderful. Don't know if it's right. Uh, Lone Wolf and Cub. Read, read all of Lone Wolf and Cub. There's like 4,000 of them. Read them all. Well, now you have homework. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> go go buy at least first four volumes, and you can love it. That's it. I'm good. Uh, you got anything to add, Shalom? No, just want to say thanks again for following us. Thanks again for putting up with the difficult shows, and thanks again for your feedback. Yeah, we if, really if appreciate you, it. If you want to go pour yourself a drink after this one, uh, we, we certainly we, wouldn't mind. Yeah, we we understand. Mm.